What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Holy. I'm Laura Eldridge. And I'm Nicoletta Bradley. And y'all, we're in for a treat because we have some testosterone in the room for the first time. Mm. The one, the only, my longtime friend, Mr. David. What's your middle name? James. David James Marvin. Oh, let's go. <laughs> Guys, I worked out this morning just to make sure lots of testosterone. The fact that I'm the first one, I'm, I'm so intrigued. Yeah. I'm so honored also yeah. that I would be a part of it. Okay, well, we have a question that we're going to ask all of our male guests. Okay. From the gate, if one of these girls, these young adult women, yeah. um, was your daughter, mm-hmm. and first thing that comes to your mind, she's in front of you, what would you say to her? Number one piece of advice. Oh, man. I would say, I, I'm literally thinking about my daughter, and so it's hard to separate what I would say to these young adults. I think she has got to know her value and know her worth. This wasn't like, um, I don't know if you all recently talked about that. That's been something I feel like I've been thinking a lot about lately, is how much of our life and how much of toxic relationships, how much of um, just our life, insecurities, eating disorders, Things develop from not having a death grip on my value mm. and my worth and who I am and how that's unchanging. No matter what I do, no matter where I work, no matter if I'm dating someone or not dating someone, it comes from being made in the image of God, knowing Jesus, and knowing that you are so valuable that God would give his own life. So I think that sounds so simplistic no, and so, so good. Christianese, but so many issues in people's lives trace back to that yeah hundreds i i could almost promise you there are girls listening right now who just got teary because so much if i ever wrote a, write a book it will be on like dating with dignity yeah and basically how so much of that in between liking guys and mm-hmm. uh you know wanting to be married or dating a guy you you basically lay down your dignity in so many different ways because yeah. you don't really really understand how valuable you are right. how much you're worth so yes. i love that and mm. i know for me if you listen to my story that's literally everything i've ever fallen into an eating disorder yeah. a broken engagement all these things trying to find my worth and identity yeah. in what the world says it's going to bring worth and identity and every time it's fallen short that's right. and so that is so powerful and continue to just drill that into your daughter because i my dad's amazing but by no means did i wake up every morning with him reminding me of what the lord says yeah you know what i mean that's totally, so yeah. powerful yeah yeah, yeah. monroe is very 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 fortunate. She's a firecracker. Uh, yeah, she really is. It's really fun. Okay, well, on that, actually, Nico, you just said um, you talked about worth and basically finding it in other things. And David, you, this is going to be interesting, I think, for people. You have been part of the largest young adults ministry in the world yeah. for how long now? Uh, since 2012. Yeah, 2012. Ten I started teaching in 2011, so... Uh, uh, 10 or 11 years yeah and now you're you're leading it yeah and you obviously you know everybody goes into ministry or any kind of career that's centered on helping people with the goal of helping people totally. but with a platform like that i'm curious does it ever get messy like does your identity ever get wrapped up in that is it hard to kind of separate this is who i am versus this is like the success of the ministry 100 percent I actually saw a counselor, which I think we were going to touch on at some point, but I, I went to see one just because I was like, man, I feel like I would benefit personally from growing and processing through being... Uh, so I'm married to a counselor. We've got three kids. And a couple years ago, I started seeing a counselor that I still regularly see. And I was sitting down with him and he said a sentence that I was like, oh man, that that's me. He said, 
oftentimes people who have big ministries or lead big ministries, or I guess it could happen with any uh, uh, work environment, but people in your shoes, he was a head of DTS counseling, Dallas Theological Seminary. People that run big ministries have a really challenging time separating their identity from the ministry that they lead, that it becomes so Mm -hmm. overlapped and that becomes really dangerous because if the ministry is successful, then you find yourself, you see yourself as a success. Mm. If the ministry is a failure, you see yourself as a failure because mm-hmm. you are the ministry. Yeah, wow. And he was sitting there saying that and I was like, oh man, that's... That's what I feel. That's me. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it led us to a lot of conversations about identity and really even where I started, ironically, with the Know Your Worth thing, he took out this sheet of paper and, um, and I'm going to butcher whatever he wrote on there, but he was like, your value comes from, as Christians, we know two things, being made in the image of God, mm-hmm. and then the fact that Jesus on the cross died for you. It has nothing to do with the behavioral things. In other words, before you've ever been a pastor, before you're ever, whatever fill in the blank your job is, or you've ever been a husband or wife, or all these different titles that we carry, take all of it away. You're still someone that is infinitely valuable because you're made in the image of God. And I remember we discussed like a coin, because at that time I was teaching my kids currency and like coins you're having to teach like oh this is a nickel this is you know yeah. whatever <laughs> totally do people still use i know, I know. <laughs> but the explanation because you can't go it's not as simple if you think about it of going like oh if it's silver then it's worth five cents because you have several of them you have so dimes yeah it, you can't do it by color yeah you can't okay. do it by size of like oh if it's smaller then it's worth less because oh yeah because the, they change they right throw yep. it off yeah and the dime and the quarter and nickel's bigger than a dime you can only know its value based on whose image is on it Okay. And I remember thinking that's exactly what the scriptures teach, that your value, and there was something really healthy for me to think, man, before I am a pastor or no matter what I do for the rest of my life, I have a value that is fixed and doesn't mm-hmm. change because of whose image I'm made in. And the world communicates such different messaging all day long to all of us about our values and how we look. It's in who we're dating and the car that we drive, the house that we live in, the the stage that we should be in that we're not in yet. Totally. And uh, and that is all a bunch of lies because your value is fixed. And as Christians, we know our value is so great that God would give his own life. That's how valuable it was to him. And so it's just this not changing, unchanging thing. And there was something that was really, really helpful for me just as someone who was wrestling with, I do think I find my identity in not even what people think, but in the ministry that I'm leading. And yeah. it's like, oh, before I do that, I'm, I'm a person. Yeah. Uh, more than I am a pastor or before I am anything else. And so I don't know if that's. No, I love that yeah. because I think it goes along with this emotional roller coaster that I think a lot of women are on. Totally. So I think they get on this roller coaster, you know what I mean? And so they're, they're on the track, whatever. And all of a sudden they get a boyfriend, right? Yeah. Their worth is up. Okay, well, then they get dumped. All of a sudden, their worth is plummeting. And they're on this roller coaster yes. that is never going to be stable because it's based on, well, I gained 10 pounds. Yeah. Now my identity is shaken. Yes. Or I lost it. And I think I love what you're saying, and that's going to speak to our listeners and to me because apart from the Lord, you have no good thing. Yeah. No good thing. And so if you're constantly basing your worth based on your successes, and then you believe that it goes down based on your failures, you are never going to be in a stable place in your life. Totally. Okay, but tell me this, you guys, because I, so I just transitioned into being a mom, which in some people's eyes is like, that's my ultimate, that's amazing. And then in some people's eyes, I'll be, I'll be real. It can feel like I'm written off a little bit. Like, Mm. oh, you're a mom now. Like that's, that's your thing. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm still Laura. Like I'm still passionate about all the same things. I'm still 
a teacher of God's word. I'm still, you know, I still have dreams and goals and aspirations. And so what do you do when all these girls who, whether it's TikTok culture telling you if you don't have this many followers, you're you're not worth it. Or if this post didn't get this many likes or if, you know, you're not as skinny and talented as this person, what do you do when you feel like, no, culture really is actually telling me, validating this lie that I'm not as worth it if, you know? Yeah, I think that's why you gotta have like strong community and people in your life that that recognize TikTok is a bunch of lies. If there's ever been a, <laughs> a social, I mean, Instagram's all lies too, but TikTok is like, it's so fake and even the um, ability to generate followers at such a clip is just crazy. And it's just a bunch of, ridiculous kind of waste of time and China's probably using it to hack all of our information. But that aside, I think you've got to have consistent voices and messages and be a part of a church and be a part of a community group and have have those voices that are louder and can drown out some of the just noise that is constantly going to bombard you. Because if you don't, then you're only going to hear those messages. And if that's all you hear all day long, eventually you're going to believe it. Oh, you're going to believe good. a bunch of lies. Yeah. Okay, so then how do you personally combat that? So that was where you were. You were identifying with your failures and your successes yeah. based on the church. On a daily basis, what do you do when that lie starts to creep back in? Yeah, I think you never outgrow the fact that you have to wrestle against that. Like, in other words, it's never a, a place that you arrive where you're yeah. like, now I'm good, I found my identity and my worth, because tomorrow you're going to wake up and the culture is going to tell you that your value is based on the house that you live in. My totally. value as a dad is based on how am I financially providing, and if I fail to do that, then I have failed and I think you got to run back to truth. This is another thing from counseling that I thought was really, really helpful. Um, I remember talking to a counselor, and I was describing a fear that I've had of not being able to pay for my kid's college. Um, and so I was just like, you know, talking about finance. It's just a real thing. I know that's probably not most of the audience here, but whatever your fear is, I was just yeah, describing yeah. that. And he said, well, what would happen if you didn't pay for their college? And I was like, man, I guess they'd either have to get a scholarship which hopefully they take after their mom and you know, academics. <laughs> Whatever. You're like the and, smartest person I've ever no, met. Or, really, they, yeah. or they, you know, have to pay for their own way or yeah, they wouldn't, yeah. maybe they wouldn't even go to college. And he was like, what happens if they have to get a scholarship or pay their own way or they don't go to college? And I said, man, I would feel like I had failed as a dad. Mm. And I remember him saying, is that the definition of a failure? For a dad, wow, doesn't pay for college, yeah. And when you stop and think, you're like, oh no. And then he pressed. He was like, "Is it possible that there has ever been a good dad who didn't pay for college? Could you be a good dad and not pay for college? Does that ever exist? Is it possible that you could be a terrible dad and you did pay for college? Wow. On the top ten yeah. list of things that make a good dad, where would pays for college be? And when yeah. you think about it, you're like, oh no, they wouldn't. I don't. It's not even on there. It's like he was present. He loved me. He showed Jesus to me. He Whatever your 10 list, yeah, would, yeah. college would be so far off of there. But that's just one example of so many different lies that we believe. Like People right now are living in houses and they're like, oh man, they're, they're frustrated because they haven't purchased their house. They're saving up for a down payment. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're, you're living in a house. Yeah. The only thing that changes is who's receiving your payment. You yeah. know, it's like there's so many just things. Or I should be married by now. Or we should have kids by now. Or we don't have enough kids. We only have so many kids. And we're just artificially comparing ourselves to a standard that will never go away. Even if you had the house, you're going to go, well, we should have a bigger house or we should have a lower payment, whatever it is yeah. for anybody. Yeah. yeah. I should look this way. I should be 
more fit or I should weigh less or I should have more in the bank or I need it's just a bunch of lies that I think you daily have to combat with the truth from God's word and apart from anchoring your life to that I don't know that there is any remedy or any solution that's good so going to counseling gave you some tools to kind of combat totally some of that stuff I feel like honestly one of our biggest problems right now for women I'll just speak for the girls is that we don't fight Nico and I were having this conversation yeah, we before. Were. We were just we were talking about like when stuff hits the fan, you get in this spot and it's all of a sudden the things that you normally are able to run to and believe, you don't have the will to like fight for them. Yeah. yeah. And I think right now we have kind of become passive. Mm either passive or overactive almost where it's like you're just passive kind of feeling like a victim of your circumstances or you're hearing that and going okay well then I need to not care about all that stuff and I just need to be a really good Christian because that's what a good mom or dad or that's what a good friend or that's what guys want in a future spouse so now I'm going to start checking all these lists and then it's still performance and pressure and all of that okay so I know that there was kind of a lot in there but if i could boil down just one question i would say what would you say to the person who is who is straight up like no it's just too hard to fight for that stuff or they think they are fighting and they're really kind of not like their thoughts are just taking them over yeah if somebody said it's too hard to fight that then i think they're gonna have to reach the end of themselves and you almost you can't change people like we, we live in this idea that like i could actually change somebody if Ultimately, the Spirit of God is what changes people. And if somebody is apathetic or um, embracing those lies and doesn't want to change, the likelihood that, that anything I say is going to help them is, is just, they've almost got to arrive there. And sometimes life, because we just, we end up living as a result of those lies and searching for something else to satisfy or something else to fulfill or affirm those things, we end up getting to the end of ourselves of like, oh, this doesn't work. So to that person, I would say, man, keep doing what you're doing if you like what you got and you're going to end up at a place you don't like being that yeah but and the second one was hey they think that they are i think um uh, let me give you a more clear example yeah, yeah. to the girl who's really negative and every time you talk to her she's just like well i mean but that's just my life like everything's gonna happen that way and yeah. ugh, i'm just really stressed out or like just every time you're around her it's it's negativity it's negativity and then it, it's like hey how are you combating that well i'm memorizing these scriptures but it's going to be fine but it's like no you're still like you're literally still just down in the depths yeah i think they need girls like you or they need people in their life that like can point that out cuz you know if you want a negative life it's going to involve negative thinking we call things trains of thought intentionally because like you get on that thought and it like a train in new york is going to take you someplace and so the scripture calls us to monitor our thinking, take every thought captive and evaluate, man, is this Christ honoring? Is this an eternal thought? Is this a, a thought that, you know, Paul says, give thanks in all things, not for all things, but in the midst of all things. Is this a thought that is filled with gratitude? Is this a thought that's filled with negativity? Is this a thought that's filled with, honestly, just bitterness? Mm-hmm. What are the thoughts that I'm having? And I think the more that you can bring people into your life and, and even reflect and introspectively identify those and then bring them out in the open and have people begin to speak truth to those is the best you know combating tool that we have i think that's really good because a lot of women will sit in the ditch of truly believing what you talked about a little bit earlier my life would be better if blank yeah and they just continue down this train they believe it to their core but they're like no i'm still reading the bible but they're not fighting 
totally. for anything. Yeah. And so how, what would you say to the girl who is like, no, but I am fighting. Like I know that marriage won't satisfy, but yet all she's doing is constantly thinking about how marriage would finally satisfy. Or she's yeah. thinking if I just got the body or if I just got the house, if I got the baby, like, yes, you focus yeah. on these good things, but how do you tangibly stop the spiral minus community? Yeah, I think that um, one of the things you got to watch is what you're consuming that's contributing to those thoughts. Like uh, I've said this before, on Saturday mornings I take my kids and we go get donuts, and I oh you'll appreciate this as a fitness person. Come on, the only thing healthy that I really do regularly is intermittent fasting. Huge believer. Don't have to talk you about work it right out. Now. I'll exercise too, but but like I'm a huge. So, anyways, I never eat breakfast. Okay, except one day a week I go and get donuts with my kids. Okay, and the same thing happens that I end up with such regret for the rest of the day <laughs> where I feel terrible because I've eaten junk. Like yeah, you yeah, yeah. junk food in, you're going to feel like junk. Yep. And I would say if you're taking in things that are junk thoughts and feeding that through the bachelor, I would, I would audit what you're consuming. Are you on 18 That's different good. dating apps? Are you on Pinterest looking at somebody else's wedding, you know, uh, portfolio, or whatever yeah. that's even called? Yeah. <laughs> are you on, are you watching shows like the bachelor? Are things feeding into that? Are you constantly scrolling through Instagram or TikTok? And following certain hashtags or even certain people that make you think, you know, there's so many manicured accounts of influencers that make us think that like, oh, wow, their life is just perfect. There's nobody's life is perfect. So I would audit those things. I would have strong community around you because I don't think you can do it effectively long term without having that. But I think a lot of some of those anxiety or even anxiety in general, um, like the news has become like a weird fear porn where mm. people just are constantly, uh, and that's probably more guy than girl, but just I would audit what you're consuming because it's contributing to the thoughts that you're having and those thoughts are leading you in certain directions and you're not going to be able to cut them off without also addressing the things that are feeding those thoughts. Okay, that's an, I want to touch on that too. You said the word anxiety. That is like a hot buzzword in our culture right now. I listened to something that you did on the porch one time and you made a comment about how your porch episodes used to be dating the top listened to yeah. and now are the ones on anxiety. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, totally. Okay, I feel like for me personally, I'm surrounded by a lot of friends. Me and Laura have talked about this. We don't personally struggle with a lot of anxiety. It's not our like first ditch. Yeah. Yes. So we've had to really discipline ourselves to try and understand people. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I'm sitting in this place of a lot of my dear friends are like, I am anxious and I am depressed. Yeah. And I'm quick to go and stamp the rule of, well, have you read your Bible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I Which is like, it, so it's, it's not so, loving As soon as somebody says that to you, you're like, uh, you're canceled. Yeah, Leave me alone. Like, I hate you. <laughs> yes, I did read my Bible. Okay. What? Talk to us. I, I got something. <laughs> Wait, you're going to say something? I was going to say, it's kind of like when you're really single and you're just like, uh, I just really like him or I really want to be married and, and then someone's like you should be content in your singleness and don't you're like oh my gosh I'm never talking to you ever never again. helped anybody or ever. I feel fat go for a run it's like yeah. I don't know what to do with you right now okay so my perspective on this has really evolved through personal experience my wife struggles with anxiety yeah. and then just friends and people that have and also through counseling so I was talking to a counselor one time about someone in my life that struggled with anxiety which is always a good thing to do with counselors <laughs> talk about other talk people's problems <laughs> But I was writing a book on anxiety and I was like, man, I'm curious how you would think about this. It was a person who had a um, basically quasi phobia of uh, a particular thing. So whatever the phobia is, like let's say it's elevators or driving cars. And I was saying, hey, my temptation would be to like, oh, we're going to get in the car and we're just going to read Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7. (laughs) And I'm going to read, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And we're just going to repeat that over and over and over. And he looked at me and he was like, that won't work. And he's a Christian. He's the head of DTS Counseling, I mean, which is Dallas Theological Seminary. He's a very strong Christian. He said, that's cerebral. Like, that's 
Like Someone in your head, know. it's yeah. not in your heart. Yeah, but not even that. He said there's an emotional attachment that is happening to that person that they've got to work through and replace. And he gave this crazy illustration. He was like, one time I was at Six Flags. This is going somewhere. I'll keep it queer. <laughs> <laughs> he said I was at Six Flags and they used to have this um, high viewing tower that you could go up to the top yes. and it was like 30 floors up and you would get in this elevator basically all glass it doesn't exist anymore and you'd go up and you could see the whole city and one time he was in there we're all the way at the top and it got stuck Oh no! and they had 30 people in this very small box like think of it like your bedroom glass everywhere some and people it was are panicking listening to this for three hours they couldn't get it to move until finally they opened the roof and they threw down a rope ladder oh my that gosh. High that high up. Oh, and everyone had to walk down a catwalk all the way back down. And he said phobias were created of fears of elevators as a result of that. Yeah. And you can't just say he'll never leave you or forsake you because they have an emotional attachment and a human experience that's associated with that. Wow. That they have to desensitize and replace. And he was basically like, phobia is honestly one of the easiest things to treat in his words. He said they have to begin to replace that emotional experience and detach themselves from it and replace it with a healthier one. So that looks like going up to the elevator if they're terrified of it. And they just, every day they go up, they just push it, it opens, they look at it, they walk away. Push it, opens, eventually they push it, they step in, they step out. Eventually they push it, they step in, stay for a second, they step out. And you build your way up and eventually they go up to a floor. But along the journey they have emotionally desensitized themselves Mm -hmm. and replaced those attachments. You're going to find that in scripture, but at least was helpful for me to understand there are things we can learn from different you know psychologies that are yeah. gifts to yeah. us in scriptures. So to the person who is constantly anxious and constantly you know bombarded with, you said fear of singleness or which fear? I mean, there's a million fears. Just My mind is going to maybe a girl that's fearful of rejection. Yeah, I think it's not as simple as the cerebral just embrace this scripture, but I think that's very true. And I think most people boil it down to God says, just don't be anxious, stop worrying. If you just had faith, this is a problem. You clearly don't trust God. All of which is such a gross oversimplification of what the scriptures actually teach. And I think, you know, we don't have time to go into that. But I think you have to begin to address some of the roots that are underneath those anxieties and replace them with the truth from God's word. Because here's the interesting thing about anxiety. I mean, Laura's heard me say this a dozen times. Faith and fear require the same thing to grow. Right? They they grow in the same soil? Okay. In other words, you can't have fear without facing uncertainty. You also cannot have faith Without facing uncertainty. Dang. It hits me every time. <laughs> and, I'm like, oh, wow. And I think there's a path that God wants us to go on. And it's not overnight and it takes time. But it is possible that in the same soil where your fears currently own you, that same soil is the exact same place where faith can begin to grow and God wants to grow. It's just like weeds and grass grow in the same yard. And God wants in the same soil of uncertainty to increasingly grow your faith. And as that happens it begins to choke out the fears that are there. And um, and so we don't have time to go into all of that, but I would say there is hope. And if you are overwhelmed with anxiety, um, man, I want to come back. We, I, yeah, because we, we want to do a deeper dive. Because yeah. some of this stuff is like we get to hear from you, but I've personally had conversations with you where you'll like um, kind of take it yeah. you know, a step or two or three or four deeper. Yes. That, um, I, well, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, And I know we need to wrap up soon. But my question is, do you think you mentioned the phobia thing? And basically, some of those phobias are created 
from like a past experience. Do you think the most of our anxiety today is from past experiences? And what do you even start? We have an episode called Crazy Girl Spiral, and it's one of our most listened to episodes. Mm. And we talk about just stopping the crazy girl spiral. But where do you think those originate? Do all of them originate in past experiences? And how do you kind of uncover that? Yeah, I think... um I think some of them do and some of them don't. But here's here's what's interesting about anxiety. Anxiety is an emotion. Yeah. It's it's a feeling. Yeah. And what is necessary for any feeling to exist, in particular anxiety, is a belief and a value. And here's what I mean by that. If I said, uh, Laura, be afraid, you could pretend, like you could act afraid. Yeah. But if I said, be afraid, you cannot actually be afraid. I'd probably laugh. On demand. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Unless you were actually afraid. Yeah, totally. Because you have to believe something and you have to value something. And here's what I mean by that. I've used the illustration at the porch of, hey, if I see a squirrel running through the street, I have no emotion that it comes through me. If anything, I'm, I'm like, there goes another one. It's running. In front. I'm never afraid like, no, squirrel. There's, yeah. there's cars. I love the squirrel. Yeah. And um, if you love squirrels. You're a squirrel I, killer. I, I apologize. <laughs> um, it's not like I don't want him to die. It's just like I don't feel anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I see a child running in the street. Oh, yeah. Then I feel, get out of the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I feel or I see my own child running in the street. I feel tremendous anxiety and angst yeah. because I believe there's a potential for him to get hit by a car and I highly value a child more than a squirrel. Yeah. And I high, even more highly value my own child. And not that I don't value all children, but my point is <laughs> yeah, anytime yeah. there's an emotion that's there, it is required that we believe something and that there's a value that's on there. Now, here's where it gets interesting and it addresses your question. Your whole life has been shaped with beliefs and values and things that you believe and values that you have been given unintentionally or intentionally your whole life. Your parents may have given the message, honey, at the end of the day, what's most important is having a good job. And they didn't mean to tell you that what is life is all about is having a good job, but now that got ingrained in your psyche. Yeah. So when anything threatens your job, or when you feel like you're not doing well at your job, all of a sudden you feel anxiety. Or you were told by your mom, and she didn't mean to, but honey, you need to be in shape because men won't like you or whatever it is. And that, she didn't even say, here's the values and beliefs you should have. Yeah. She just communicated it's, unintentionally. You, you just attached it, like you took it on yes. and it became part of what makes you either successful or unsuccessful. Exactly. And what's most Valuable important is, or, yeah, and what's yeah, important. you gotta have a man because they're gonna provide. And now mm-hmm. you are so wrapped up and anxious and you feel maybe even depressed. And I'm not trying to simplify anything. I'm just saying, you have that message ingrained and the only way to address that, which is to address the anxiety that comes as a result of that, is to address the misaligned values and wrong beliefs from God's word, which Mm -hmm. is why I love Hebrews chapter four. It says, God's word is able to discern the intentions and desires of the heart or the beliefs and the values Mm -hmm. of the heart. It's able to pierce through those things. So all that to say, their whole life and your whole life and my whole life has been shaped and is being shaped and we have beliefs and values that are creating those anxieties and we've got to get to the bottom of them and address them with the truth from God's word. That's so good. And here's where I just want to say to every girl listening to this, because I, f- I feel this on a deep level, like a kid running into the road. I am really, really sorry that mm. for most of your life, you have been told things outside of godliness and great character that this is going to make you worth it. Yes. Totally. That that this is what you should value more than everything. And yeah. I feel that deeply because yeah. even myself, where mm. I'm thinking back of my own past and all the things that I thought I should value, and then it just changes. And so yeah. then culture 
takes a shift. And then all of a sudden, if you're not valuing these things, if you don't hold these things as the highest, if you don't have this, um, then you're not, you know, like you're not okay. And it's easy for me to take on those messages and to kind of measure my worth and my value based on what other people and things have somehow told me I should be in value. So to every girl, one, I'm sorry. So, so sorry. And two, I'm also not because of what you just said, David, and I've heard it a hundred times, but something hit differently right now Mm -hmm. in the sense of, okay, I'm not sorry because that's also the soil where your faith can grow. That's right. The same soil where that uncertainty is, where you're getting all these messages, like that's the same opportunity that can push you into, hey, I'm really going to fight for what, what am I actually worth? Totally. And I think just to wrap us up for the day is I just keep thinking about Matthew seven and it's just talking about, are you building your life on the sand or on the rock? And I kind of feel like what we've been touching on a lot is your worth and identity or anxiety or depression, all these different things. And I think that when we're going through the hard, it's a signal to us that we're being built on the sand and no longer being built on the rock. And so I love this episode so much because David, you gave some really practical tips on what to do when you start to feel yourself sinking in culture Mm. and you're not being built on the rock anymore but to wrap us up i want because we're going to bring you back i mean you're freaking fantastic the Ah. last thing i want you to say to leave our listeners with one of the best things of advice from counseling go that you haven't already said um i i think i would just double down on what i said like here's here's the thing about the belief and value thing that i was saying it's shaping and it's informing your anxiety you don't think of it because it just feels something in the moment but those are those are a part of it And what's interesting is something doesn't have to be true for it to trigger anxiety. Mm. You just have to believe it could be true or that it is true. It could be a lie. Like here, if we were outside and uh, Nico was walking towards what I thought was a snake. Biggest fear, by the way. She's walking towards it or my children are or somebody. It doesn't even have to be actually a snake. Like you could be walking towards it and I would still go, hey, watch out. There's a snake. It may just be a stick. Like in other words, something is not necessarily even that it has to be true for it to trigger those anxieties. Yeah. And I would say a lot of the things that we get anxious for are based on lies. And you've got to take those back to God's word. Yeah, that's Because right. it doesn't have to be, I believe that it's true or it could be true. If I think it possibly is a snake, it's going to trigger an emotion yeah. inside of me. So that I would double down. And that really is something that I learned from my wife and from counseling. That's that's so good. It really does remind me of Genesis 3. Right after they sinned, you literally hear God say, who told you you were naked? Mm -hmm. It kind of goes along the same theme of like, who told you yeah. all these things that you're believing? Who told you? Yes. Yeah. But overall, man, David, I just want to thank you, at least not knowing you well. I'm encouraged by you. If you don't know David Marvin, where can people find you? You can find him on Instagram. Instagram. You can find him. Um, well, TikTok. his email is, I'm just kidding. <laughs> do that. Here's no, his cell phone. I'm, I'm totally kidding. Um, no, but really, David wrote a book that has helped thousands of people and has been a bestseller for a really good reason. Um, it's on anxiety and you can find it on his Instagram. It's called We're All Freaking Out. And so when we really don't have to, right? Why we don't have to. Yeah, totally. So you can find that. Maybe we'll do it. Do you want to do a giveaway to the ladies? Sure. Okay. Well, we'll do a giveaway. You guys go on and rate Caller Holy and leave us a review and then we will send you a copy of you guys to um, have the marvelous's book. Let's go. Hey, thanks for having me and and I hope I get to come back. Come back. back, Come back. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We love you, David. Thank you.